Mark chapter number 5 is where we're going to be at this morning. Mark chapter number 5. And we'll find verse number 1. Mark chapter number 5. And verse number 1. Had a good day yesterday. Had a lot of fun with the inflatables and telling the guys with all the different face paint and things. You see one kid show up with face paint. The next time you see him, he doesn't have the face paint. And uh, so maybe some of y'all face painted the same kid several times. I don't know. But... Um, <laughs> Anyway, had a good day yesterday and uh, appreciated uh, the opportunity and I appreciate being able to be here uh, this afternoon and uh, excited about things that's been going on at the ranch. I'm not going to say anything because you have to come back this afternoon. Okay, <laughs> what a teaser. But um, I'm sure you'll be all excited because turkey, I heard, makes people wake up. Yeah. Something like that. So anyway, um, thankful to be able to be here and uh, let's go ahead and see what the Lord has for us. This morning in Mark chapter number five and verse one, and they came over on the other side of the sea in the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, this is the Lord Jesus, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him. No, not with chains because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself, himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered him, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was nigh under the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirit went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea, there was about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And I had a buddy of mine that preached on this passage, and he said that is the saddest verse in all the Bible, all that bacon that was wasted that day. <laughs> and they had fed the swine flat and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed, and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil, and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of the coast. And when he was coming to the ship, he had been possessed with the devil, prayed him that he might be with them. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed, began to publish into Coppolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. The title of the message this morning is, What a Crazy Neighbor. What a Crazy Neighbor. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this church. And thank you for the testimony that it has in the area. Lord, I pray it continues to grow, that you use the extravaganza mightily as we can reach more people for you here in the Lexington area. Lord, I pray you quiet our hearts, 
that we concentrate on your word and your word alone and help us to get what we need to out of this passage this morning. Lord, I pray you be with me and that you fill me with the Spirit's power. I need your help. In Jesus' name, I ask these things. Amen. I can honestly say in my life, I've had pretty good neighbors. Uh, my first neighbor that I remember is Mrs. Smiley. Mrs. Smiley was that. She was smiley. And uh, she was an older lady. She made homemade donuts. I loved her dearly, um, especially when she made those donuts and things like that. And and I got to a point where she would always make us donuts, but my dad had a sugar problem, couldn't have any sugar at all. So I got even more donuts. And uh, so that was great. And I always loved Mrs. Smiley. Then we moved over at the ranch and had really good neighbors at the ranch. And I'm still living at the ranch. And so I can't talk about my neighbors at this point, but maybe who knows sometime. And, uh, but no, the Lord's been real good with the neighbors that I've had at the ranch. Now, I will tell you this. I've had a lot of crazy neighbors living in church parking lots for several years as an evangelist. I oftentimes traveled in a travel trailer, had a lot of weird neighbors that way. And I have a lot of weird neighbors when I stay in hotels. So I feel like I could tell you about several weird neighbors that I've had. I remember staying in Orveston, Pennsylvania. Now, in Orveston, Pennsylvania, that's where some people say that's where the world comes to an end. You go 10 miles up a mountain, basically, this big hill, and at the end of the road, you look to your right. That is Orveston, Pennsylvania. It has a front street. It has a back street. And for to celebrate, they have a parade every year. I, I've always missed a parade. That's been a bummer. Um, but they paint their trees halfway up white. And I said, oh, it's because of bugs or something like, no, we just paint our trees white. Okay. Very odd people. Um, in Orveston, Pennsylvania, I think they would admit to that. I was eating lunch one day in my trailer and I saw this car pull out of his driveway and it was loud enough that I could hear it in my trailer. So, you know, he's going pretty good. Just backing up. He peels out, goes over drives over to the bridge, which is like from here to a little bit past where I'm parked right now, my trailer. He peeled out in a donut two times, stopped, went back in his driveway and parked and went into his house. <laughs> Orveston, Pennsylvania. Sometimes you just have a need, I guess, to roast your tires and that guy did it. Well, the very first night, there's no cell reception or anything like this. And there's two or three cars in the church parking lot with us. And they are yelling and screaming and throwing things and all these things. And then they notice the trailer. And so they start yelling at us in the trailer. And they start saying, come out of the trailer. Well, I am not going out there. You know, there is just no way. And uh, I didn't have any protection other than a broomstick. Um, except the two guns that God gave me, right? <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> moving on. And uh, so I was like, what are they going to do? They're going to try to break into this trailer and I don't have any protection with me. And so I told April and I think Peyton was there at the time. He's just a little guy. Stay over here. I will be on the sofa with my broom waiting to pounce on them and attack um, because I didn't know what else I could do besides that. That was... Those were some bad neighbors that we had that week. Uh, we've had some other neighbors. One time I was in a, a parking lot in Illinois, and I was listening to my Dallas Cowboys losing again on the radio. Everybody else was asleep, and it was one of these heartbreaking losses. 
at least when we lose, we lose with style. And so I was listening on the radio and I thought, you know what, did I lock the door or did I not lock the door? So I went over and I was sure enough, I'm like, whoa, that would have been bad, I'll lock the door. And I turned all the lights off and then I hear several voices outside and they said, hey, there's a trailer over here. Let's go inside. And they're rattling my doors trying to get in. And at that point, I was trained in the arts. No, still, I wasn't ready. And uh, I turned on the lights and they took off running. That was a scary. But I would say, scary moment, I would say the worst neighbor I've ever had, and I hope I don't offend anybody here, the worst neighbor that I ever had was a rooster. No offense. And we was in Thomasville, Georgia. And if there's ever an animal I met that was possessed, it was this rooster. The church put in a light above our trailer. Not during that time, but that's where we had to park it. And when the light would come on, the rooster thought that was the sun. Which means it's dark outside. And that dumb, possessed rooster would cock-a-doodle-doo all night long. I prayed bad things for that rooster. I prayed for death to come to that rooster. And uh, there were several times we were at that church, we had to deal with that rooster, but praise the Lord, God did answer prayer with that. But anyway, um, boy, when you have a bad neighbor, it's a tough deal. And I know of a lot of friends that's talked to me about dealing with their bad neighbor, but I can't imagine dealing with anybody much crazier than the guy found in Mark chapter number five. And the first thing that we're going to look at today is him, the crazy man. This crazy man, the Bible tells us, was possessed by demons. Now, I joked around about the rooster being possessed by demons and things like that. But here in Mark chapter number five, we find this man truly was possessed by many demons. Now, I'm not going to go into demon things here this morning, but at some point in time in his life, he opened himself up to that. Now, if you're a child of God, you do not need to worry about demon possession because we got the Holy Spirit of God living inside us. And the Holy Spirit living inside us and also a demon is not going to live inside of us too. So we don't need to worry about demon possession. But there are people that open themselves up to those kinds of things. And this guy did just that. And uh, because he opened himself up and he was possessed by many demons, you would also say that he drove several people, can I say, nuts. He drove them nuts. Look at verse number three. Who had his dwelling among the tombs, no man could bind him, no not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. So this guy was a total nutcase. And what I've realized that people that are total nutcases is typically a person that's driving people nuts is a person that needs a lot of help. And they're trying to get attention to be able to get that help. This guy was bound by chains and broke the chains. This guy hung out in cemeteries. This guy did not like to wear clothing. How would you like to have a neighbor like that that hung around? That'd be terrible. 
I was thinking about my church because in Nashville, Tennessee, we have a small little cemetery. How would you like to have that guy always hanging out? You know, every church service, ah, oh, the dude's back. Uh, can't, they, can't they keep him in jail? Uh, he's hanging out in the cemetery again. I uh, guess you have to keep calling the police. And they did not know what to do with them. He was a nutcase. Well, I could tell you several stories this morning about uh, people that have driven me nuts. You're like, well, I wondered what happened to you, Brother Matt. Now you know. Um, did you know there's all different types of campers that come to the Bill Rice Ranch? And some of them are nuts. I'll say that. And uh, a lot of it is their background and their home life and things like that. I remember I was going down to illustrate a message. I was getting ready to do one of those. And as I was going there, I hear on the radio, Brother Matt, or they called me 9-1 at the time. 9-1, um, we've, got a, we've got a problem at 716. And I said, well, I have an illustrated message in two minutes, and then I'll be there. So give me, give me at least eight minutes, and I'll be there. Okay. Hurry. <laughs> you know, like, oh boy, what's going on 716? Well, I get down with my illustrated message. I zip up to 716, and here was this kid rolling around in the grass, screaming like crazy. And I thought, what in the world is this kid doing? He doesn't have a lick of sense. He's going to get a bunch of chiggers. And uh, that's, I stay away from grass because of that. And so I was like, man, he's going to get a lot of bug bites, but I don't think he cared at the time. And I said, hey, what's going on, man? And he started talking like this, you know, and all these weird things. I'm like, well, bless your little heart. What's the deal? And they said, well, he was supposed to take medicine and he didn't take the medicine. And I said, well, let's see if he can go to service. Hey, everybody's going to service. You want to go to service? No. All right. Well, um, why don't we try to... Why don't we try to get you over the nurse's station? No! Okay. And, you know, everybody was just sort of staring at the kid. And then the kid said, I just want to go to my cabin. I'm like, well, let's not go in the cabin. Let's just go take our little happy pill. And after we take that, then you can go back to the cabin. And, no! And it was just one of these, what are you going to do situations? So we got over. I'm like, will we help you up? And when I went to help him up, he bit me. Now, I, uh, yes, Exactly. Well, I praise the Lord, I acted the right way. Because there was a time in my life when someone would do that, I'm like, no! You know, it would have been just an automatic punch. Believe me, because I had friends that did that to me. So anyway, yeah, I know, friends. But anyway, so the kid bit me, and the only thing that came out was, don't bite me. Stop that. And he's like, no! Like, oh, boy. So we realized this kid was just acting totally crazy. And I said, well, why don't, why don't we just have you go back to the cabin and we'll bring the medicine to you? How about, why don't we go in the cabin? No, I don't want to go to the cabin. I'm like, hang on a second. Three minutes ago, you just said you wanted to go to the cabin. Oh, so why don't you go to the cabin now? Okay. Whew, praise the Lord. Got him at least in the cabin. Well, by about that time, it was invitation was starting. And I'm a greeter in the invitation. So one of the church counselors was like, we'll get the medicine and we'll have them lay down. I'll be staying there with them. I'm like, okay, good. I get backstage at the John Rice Auditorium waiting for the invitation to start, and I got another radio call. And I said, 9-1, yes. We got a runner. That's all they needed to say. And I knew what happened. That kid took off running, and he was running towards the John Rice Auditorium. I'm like, that's the last thing that I need. During a service, a kid busting through and running through the service, the auditorium. So 
he come running in, and me and one of our maintenance guys, we grabbed a hold of him, and uh, we contained him. We put him in the church bus because they were thinking about taking him home. Well, the kid wouldn't, he couldn't be contained. Um, he was throwing water bottles. Praise the Lord, he had a bad throwing arm because he kept, I'm like, stop throwing those things at me, you know, that kind of thing. And I uh, finally got the youth pastor who was able to come over and be involved and, and uh, things like that. And I said, look, I can't do anything more with the kid. So we're going to have to call the police. And that's pretty much where we're at nowadays. And so um, they said, really? And I said, yeah. I told the kid, if you don't calm down, then I'm going to have to call the police and they're going to have to come. And uh, he started acting even more crazy. I'm like, well, I'm not a liar. So police officer came. Well, the police officer had to handcuff the kid right out in front of trails in. He was still out of control. And uh, finally, he finally got control. And they undid the handcuffs. And um, he was finally switched back, I would say, into his right mind. And the kid said, can I stay at camp now? And the youth pastor said, well, it's up to the camp director. Brother Matt, can he stay at camp? And I said, walk with me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I said, when, how many kids do you have? And he said, well, we brought 70 to camp. And I said, well, what happens if he's doing this when you're taking all your kids home? He said, that can't happen. I said, I know, so why don't you... I think you're going to have to take him home. And he said, that makes sense. Well, I hated that. I don't want to send anybody home, especially a kid that I know that needs help. But he was just acting out of his mind, see? Well, they started telling his story. And they said, well, we can't take him to his house because his parents said they don't even love him. Can you imagine that? Your own parents not loving you. Hopefully we can get a hold of one of the grandmas because at least the one grandma will, will take him in. But she doesn't like him either. Well, no wonder this kid is messed up. And normally when a person is acting totally crazy, friend, it's a cry for help. It's a cry for help. And that's what's going on here in Mark chapter 5. There was another kid that came and we have a no cell phone policy. Well, the kid brought like six or seven cell phones. So every time that the youth pastor got on to him about it, he was like, oh yeah, my bad, and handed him a cell phone. Never gave him the one that worked, and I guess they never turned it on. I don't know, but uh, he was um, tricking them out pretty good. Let's just say that. And they were so upset with this guy, the kid's name was Odie, of all names, so I've always remembered that. And uh, we had some trouble with him, and finally he said, you know, if there's a way I could use my phone when I talk to, we set it up, he talked to the pastor about it, use your phone, you can call home. But he was so adamant about calling home and why he had to have a cell phone. So we finally got peace in the cabin, so to speak. And he called me over and he said, can I talk to you about something? I said, sure, what's up? And he said, the reason why I need to have a cell phone and I keep using it is because my mom brought her girlfriend home and she lives with us now. And I'm concerned about my sister who's living there too. Wow. That's a wake-up call. And that's what a lot of these kids are dealing with today. 
there's a kid late at night. He was just running around and he would not want to be contained. And the reason when I finally got the youth pastor to come over and talk with him, the reason was because nobody loved him at his house back home. And that's why he's struggling. That's the only person why you only talk to his youth pastor because he thinks his youth pastor is the only person in this world that actually loves him. People, whoa, watch out. People um, are acting crazy. People act annoying. People drive us nuts. And the reason why is they're trying to get your attention is because they got a lot of problems going on in their life. When someone is acting crazy, it's normally a cry for help. I talked about specifically about teenagers this morning that people aren't loving them, but there's adults that are having a hard time with finances and because of it, they're annoying the living daylights out of you. There's people that are having marriage problems. There are people that have problems with their kids. There's people that have problems with their job. And because they're having these problems, that's why they're acting so annoying. And that's what was happening here with this crazy man. And the way we're supposed to react to the people that act crazy is how Jesus Christ reacted. One we find about Jesus Christ is Jesus Christ has power over the demons. Aren't you thankful for that? And Jesus Christ has power over the devil. In verse number 7, it says, the demons talking to the Lord Jesus and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. If you read other passages, the demons are talking to the Lord Jesus and it says, It's not time for the torment now. Don't judge us now. And Jesus Christ said one word, Go. And the demons themselves know that Jesus Christ is God and Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And ultimately, they have to obey Him. Number one, we find with the Lord Jesus, He has power over the demons. Number two, He cared for the crazy guy. The person that was unlovable, He cared for him. You know, there's time in our life, there's time in my life, I feel like I'm unlovable. I'm annoying. If I thought I was going to get an amen, that's, that's when I was going to get it this morning. Um, I can do annoying things. There's annoying traits about me. But Jesus Christ always loves me. No matter what. And he wants to help me. Jesus Christ is always wants to help. He ate with sinners. Remember when he ate with Zacchaeus? All the uh, publicans, the Pharisees, all those kind of religious leaders are like, What? He eats with sinners? Praise the Lord, we serve a God that eats with sinners, that he loves sinners. And Jesus Christ loved this crazy guy. He cured both of this guy's problems. One, he had many demons. Second, he needed to be saved. And Jesus Christ did both of those things. He saved his soul and he cured him of the demons that were there. Christ influences someone, they have peace. The devil influences someone, it brings destruction. In Mark chapter number 5, and you look at verse 15, it says, And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. That's Jesus Christ's influence. The devil's influence 
He influences people. The clothes go off to act crazy and be a nutcase. I'm so thankful that the Lord Jesus Christ influences people that way. He can give you peace this morning. So what's the command that we find according to this passage? Well, he told the guy. This guy had quite the testimony. Did he not? I mean, he could write a nice little book. Talk about the cool little gospel track that this guy could have been able to write. I was the maniac of Kadera. I mean, he could take a picture of him over in the local cemetery and chains on him or something. And uh, I like to yell and scream and cut myself with stones and nobody could bind me. And I was possessed with many demons. But then Jesus Christ saved me. And boy, we would have ate that up. This dude needs to be an evangelist. He needs to travel around. This is a great testimony. But what did the Lord Jesus do? He, the Lord Jesus didn't tell him to go on the circuit. The Lord Jesus didn't tell him to go out preaching. The Lord Jesus simply said, go home. Go home and tell thy friends the great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And guess what happened? All men did marvel. You know, God has called some of us to preach. And I'm thankful for that. God has not called all of us to preach. If we were all preachers, then who would we be preaching to? And we'd all be a bunch of critics. That wouldn't be good. God's called us all to do different things. God has called all of us to go home and tell thy friends the great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. I'm not saying go out to go to all around the world. That is great. Okay, uh, that's what the Lord wants you to do. But let me start with this first step. Have you just gone home and told your crazy neighbors the great things that God is doing for you? The problem is, when we're talking to our neighbors, we're telling them about all the different things that's going on in our life that's annoying to us. Um, oh yeah, we had this thing going on this weekend at church and... I mean, we were there for two hours painting people. And then they kept jumping, then they kept eating candy, and then, oh, it just got worse and worse and worse. I gave this one kid at least 17 snow cones. You know what I mean? I mean, just drove me nuts. Anyway, we're doing that again. Do you want to come? <laughs> we wonder why people don't want to come. Oh, why don't you come to uh, one of our services? Oh, yeah, it'll be great. We eat afterwards. Don't eat this person's stuff. Let me tell you that right now. <laughs> they think they're a good cook. It's nasty. I'll tell you what to eat. And there's probably one good thing. It's probably the only thing. That's what I'll bring. That's one good thing. But other than that, that's no good. And the preacher goes too long. And uh, quite frankly, I think he's too tall for the pulpit. And uh, <laughs> maybe that's my critic. Anyway... <laughs> And we gripe and complain about everything. And then we wonder why none of our neighbors and all of our friends don't want to come. Let's switch our script around a little bit. Let's go home and let's tell our neighbors the great things that God has done. Well, you've got something great to say. Um, Saturday was a good day. So you can tell them, this is a great day to happen. You could say, oh yeah, um... I don't know. I don't know how many people showed up. I don't know. But I thought there were going to be more. No, 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 no. Let's switch it around a little bit. 
It was great. People came. There were little rugrats all over the place. They were hopping on things. They were drooling on things. Yeah, very good conversation with the adults that came. Everybody was smiling. Everybody's had a great time. I mean, free snow cones. It was great. Who wants? Who would like that? Right? And just tell them the great things. Oh, it wore me out. Oh, it made me tired. Oh, hang on a second. I understand if you want to tell pastor about that. He loves hearing about those things. But why in the world should we be telling our neighbors about it that we're trying to get them to come to church? Tell them the great things that God is doing. And what will happen is people will marvel. They're like, there's something different about that person. They're not griping about their church. Everybody gripes about the church. Hmm, they're not. Everybody gripes about their life. Hmm, they're not. They're just talking about how good God is. So what do you tell them? Tell them what God's doing in your life. Let me ask you something today. What's he doing? What's he doing? Now, if you can't think of something that God is doing in your life, whose fault is it? Is it God's fault? Or is it yours? Well, based upon my track record in my life, if God's not working in my life, I think I know whose fault it is. It's uh, old wicked Matt Downs is the problem, right? So let's look at us. And if we can't think of something, how God's been good to us, or how God's working in our life, then go to God and say, Lord, what am I missing? And please show me. And he'll show you. And you'll be excited about the things of God. And then you'll start telling people what the great things that God's done. And all men will marvel. And that's what's happening here. This guy was a total nut job. He met Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ uh, healed him, took away the demons. And he went and started telling people. And there was a great thing that happened that day because of that. So maybe you're dealing with an issue today. Maybe you're wondering if God's working in your life or not. I'm telling you, he wants to. Are you listening to him? Maybe you know there's people that you need to start talking to about the things of God. Maybe you know a neighbor right now who you need to talk to. Do it. And do it instantly. Do it as soon as you can. If you just start feeding people the goodness of God, the Holy Spirit will use you and your words and start showing them on their need of salvation. And wouldn't that be awesome if your neighbor got saved because of it? It'd be awesome. And God wants to use you. Let's have our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed this morning. And you would say, Brother Matt, God has spoken to my heart today because I need to go home. I need to start telling more people about the Lord Jesus and about the great things that God has done for me. And the quiet... Frankly, I've been more negative about the things of God than positive about the things of God, and I need to start telling them more about the goodness of God. And you would say, Brother Matt, God spoke in my heart about that today. Please pray for me. If that's you, would you slow up your hand? God spoke in my heart about that. Great. Good. Tell more people about Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you would say this, Brother Matt, I'm so thankful that I was the crazy person. I was the person that uh, had a lot of problems. 
but I trust in Jesus Christ and he saved me and I know for certain that I'm going to heaven. If you could say that today, would you raise your hand? I know it. I know it. Good. Is there anybody here this morning that would say, I don't know? I don't know if I'm going to heaven or if I'm going to hell. Would you please pray for me? If that's you, would you raise your hand? I don't know. I don't know. All right, everyone, would you look up this way? We'll have a verse and invitation song. And if God spoke in your heart, and God spoke in your heart specifically about you need to tell more people about the Lord Jesus. You need to care more about your crazy neighbor. You can come down to the front and get down on your knees. You can sit right in your chair. But make sure you get right with the Lord this morning. All right? Let's stand for prayer. Father, we love you today. And we thank you for this passage of Scripture. Lord, I ask that we would change the way we talk. Lord, I ask that we will start telling people about the goodness of you. Show us, Lord, show us the neighbors that need to see people, that need to hear about the gospel, that need to be saved. Lord, show us on how we can draw closer to you during this time. Well, thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, I ask these things. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And I'm going to ask the pianist to go ahead and play. If God spoke in your heart, you can come down here to the front, or you can just sit down right where you're at. Tell the Lord right now about those things. If you'd like somebody to pray with you, just grab on Pastor Vince. He'll be happy to pray with you. Somebody to talk to you about those things. Amen. Anyway, um, so they're bringing a group, which we're very thankful for, and we're redoing our rodeo arena. The last time that uh, we changed the, the wall around,